Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us this weekend at Red Rocks Church Online. Wherever you're joining with us from this weekend, we feel honored that we get to spend the weekend with you. As a church, we've been believing that these are going to be some of the finest hours, not only for our church, but the church globally. And one of the cool things is last weekend, we were able to broadcast the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to more people than we ever have been able to in the history of our church. That's greatly in part to so many of you that helped us share the news about our services. You were inviting your friends to join with you online. And this weekend is going to be no exception. What we want to ask you to do is take just a quick minute. Invite a friend to come and watch the message with you right now. Text the link, email the link, send the link to somebody, maybe share it on one of your social media platforms. Invite some people to join with you because here's the fact of the matter is, it has never been more simple to invite somebody to church than it is right now. So help us share the good news of Jesus further and faster. Also, if you're joining us at one of our online church platforms, jump in the comments section. We have dozens of pastors that are available to answer any questions that you might have. But most importantly, we want to pray with you. Don't go through this season alone. Let us walk with you. Let us help carry your burdens and let us pray with you during maybe a challenging time in your life. Without further ado, we're going to jump into an amazing message from our senior pastor, Sean Johnson. So grab your Bible, grab your notebook, and get ready to make some serious noise. Welcome to Red Rocks Church Online. Red Rocks Church, what's up? You feeling good? You feeling good at home today? excited to be in church today somebody in a living room say let's go let's go somebody on Facebook live type let's go somebody online church say let's go church I love you so much I'm so excited to be with you today and make no mistake about it we're, we're having church it looks different than it does a month ago but we're having church we've been saying this for 15 years the church is not a building the church is a people and we in thousands of locations today are still the church we're still having church his presence is still with us he's still ready to speak that's good news church somebody clap clap and make some noise in a house somewhere let's pray God I thank you I thank you that we made that essential business list and we have the, the blessing and the opportunity, and I believe straight from you, to come here and to stream our service so that we can gather together today in thousands of homes all across this world. God, I pray that for every single one of us right now, that you would help us shut out the rest of the world for just a minute, that we would sense your presence wherever we're at, and that we would hear you speak. We love you. It's our honor to get to get in your word together in all these locations. It's an honor to be in your presence, and it's an honor to hear from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, at every house, amen. All right. If this is your church family, there's something I want to say to you. If you're visiting with us for the first time, there's something I want to say to you. Church family, this is so cool. Two weeks ago, before church buildings were shut down, 
we had analytics that tell us how many people are viewing our service. And so before church buildings were shut down, here's what we know. I got a text from the one and only Carson Banker this morning and gave me all this info. About 15,000 people were in our physical buildings and another 10,000 screens. We don't know how many people were behind the screen. We can count screens. We can't count actual viewers, right? So like a bunch of you, you're watching with friends or probably more likely with family right now. So there's one screen, but maybe four or five of you, but we can count screens. So before the church buildings got shut down, about 15,000 people at our location, another 10,000 screens tuned into that service. So we got to tell 25,000 people about Jesus that weekend. Well, then all this stuff, as you know, started going crazy. Gatherings got smaller and smaller and smaller until they're shut down altogether. And so last week, as you know, we're doing church like this through technology. All our buildings are shut down. We can't have any gatherings. And I think when that happened, Satan started to get excited. He started to think, you know what? Good. Now's my time. I'm going to shut down the church. I'm going to diminish what the church gets to do. Less people are going to hear about God. And God's like, mm-hmm, we'll see about that. See, a long time ago, Jesus told his best friends, he said, I'm going to build my church. And he said, the gates of hell can't stop it which means a coronavirus definitely can't stop it. So get this church last week with all our buildings shut down over 69,000 screens tuned in to watch our service with all our buildings shut down in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. We got to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ than we ever have in the history of our church. Somebody in a living room, get excited, clap your hands, make some noise, get excited because that is good news. That's good news, church. And listen, if this is not your church, if you're just checking this thing out for the first time, I know there's a bunch of you and you might you might be thinking like, I wish I wish you were having gatherings in buildings right now because I'd like to see this thing in person. And when we do, we would love to meet you. But I also know this. There's a whole bunch of you that are watching this service that maybe you don't live near one of our buildings or and I know this is true. You've been to church before and you're like, mm mm. Ain't going back to one of those. The way somebody made you feel, the way somebody treated you, the way the experience went, you went and felt judged. You went and felt less than. And I just want you to know that you are having church with us no matter where you're at. You're in this church family today. And I want you to know something. And we mean this from the bottom of our hearts. In this church family, you're going to be loved and valued and welcomed just the way you are and accepted and believed in. Listen, you've already been prayed for. If you're tuning into this service, you've already been prayed for, and we believe God has you with us doing church, a part of this church family today for a reason in Jesus name. Somebody say amen somewhere. Oh, I love it. I'm going to assume the best. I'm going to assume you're laughing at my mid range jokes. I'm going to assume that you're saying amen. I'm going to assume that you're worshiping with the team because you should be my family. We watched church last week. Excuse me. We watched church last week with another family and I'm telling you, it was amazing. Like I loved it. We stood up in the living room. Kids were worshiping in the living room. Like we had full on church and I hope you're doing the same thing. Engage, get involved, no matter what platform you're watching this from and let's do church right on. All right. So <clears throat> if you're like me, 
you're starting to get tired already of being at home, right? Anybody tired of being at home yet? <laughs> and depending where you live, especially if you're in Denver, it's just getting started, isn't it? My wife for years has been begging me to clean out this storage it's kind of in between a closet and a room, truth be told. It's not really big enough to be a room. It's, not, it's a little bigger than a closet, but I call it a storage closet. She's been begging me for years to clean out this storage closet. And every time she asks and gets real serious, I am, I'm so quick. I got so many good excuses. I'm like, oh, babe, I would love to. I have a trip. Yeah, I have a trip. And then she goes out of the room and I'm like, united.com, plan a trip. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm like, I'm as mad as you are, babe. I, I would love to this weekend, but babe, all three boys have games. Yeah, I can't. Kids are so busy. Babe, I got a thing with the staff. We're all going out to a restaurant and doing a thing. And yeah, I'm at long hours at the office. Like, it's crazy. I just can't. I wish I could, right? It's like the coronavirus has taken every one of my excuses. I can't take a trip. I can't go to a restaurant. I can't go to a game. Now I can't leave my house. I'm stuck, right? So guess what we did this week? That's right. We cleaned the storage closet. And I'm telling you, church, I felt like I was watching like a circus. Like that many people can't come out of that little car. You know what I mean? That's how I felt as Jill is just bringing out box after box after box. My wife's a hoarder. Box after box. I didn't say that, babe. Box. Right? It's like, how can that much stuff fit in this little storage closet? And truth is, I started looking at all of it. We, our whole family did. And we were just like overwhelmed. What I didn't know is while my wife was feeling overwhelmed, she also started filming this occasion. So go ahead and watch this. So here begins my storage room. We, we've, we've taken everything out of the storage room. No, mom said she's She told us that. I can't even. Well, we are going to start some sorting right now. No, mom, it's, mom it's said you don't have to. Really. Shut Jill? Yes, honey? If you would come out here, we'll grab some stuff right now and make trash. Okay. Sorry, didn't know you are videoing. <laughs> Guys, that's disgusting, isn't it? And, and I'm telling you, we just stood in the room with like stuff as tall as we were everywhere. And the truth is, we didn't know where to start. We don't know how to even begin to deal with this mess. And, and as I saw that video, she sent it to all her friends and then sent it to me. Thanks for that. No big deal. <laughs> I have a mic on a stage, so be careful. Um, I saw the video and honestly, I was like, that's kind of how we all feel in life right now, right? Like there's so many things that need restructured in my life right now. I don't even know where to start. There's so many things that are out of place right now in our lives. Many of us are like, I don't even know where to start. My job, everything's different. For a whole bunch of people, it's I don't even have one anymore. For a whole bunch more, it's I'm not sure how much longer I will have one. I'm not going to the office. We're using Zoom and everything. Like Everything's different. If you're in school, right, everything's different. If you play sports or have kids that do, everything's different. If you have any money invested in your 401k, everything's different, right? It's like, I don't even know. So many things are chaotic right now in my life. I don't even know which one to worry about first. You know that feeling? 
like fear and worry and anxiety and depression, they're at an all-time high globally right now because everything is so chaotic, we don't even know where to start. That's how we feel. And then I was scrolling through pictures on my phone last night, and I saw a picture that I took of my youngest son, Ashton, in the middle of the chaos, and I was like, you know what? This, I think, is where God wants to take us. Look at this. Look at that kid. Leave that up for just a second. It's chaos behind him. He couldn't be more peaceful. He couldn't be more calm. He couldn't be more joyful. I'm telling you, that kid couldn't be more confident. He knows me. He knows I'm going to take a picture like this and then post it and let thousands of people around the world see it. He knows I'm going to use him as a sermon illustration. You think he cared enough to go put a shirt on? No. Why? He is straight up confident. That kid is confident. And and I'm looking at that picture and I'm like, I think that's where God wants to take us. I think he wants us to be confident in the middle of the chaos. In fact, the title of today's message, if you're looking for this later, it's confidence in the chaos. That's where God wants us. In fact, we started talking about this last week. We looked at a guy by the name of Joshua, didn't we, if you were here or you you tuned in. I guess you weren't here. You tuned in. And we started talking about Joshua, right? And his life kind of mirrors our life in so many ways. Like there's so many parallels between us and Joshua, aren't there? Joshua would say the same thing that a bunch of us would say right now. Last month, my life made sense. Right now, nothing does. It's kind of how we feel, isn't it? That's where we're at. That's where he was at. He would say a month ago, I was an assistant. I was Moses's assistant. You know what I did? I assisted. I got things. I grabbed coffee. I drove him places. I prayed. I managed his social media account. I assisted whatever it looked like for him. And and he knows when he goes to work and he knows how much he gets paid and he knows where his kids go to school and he knows what his investments look like. He knows everything. It all made sense. And then out of nowhere, Moses dies. God looks at Joshua and says, now you're in charge. I know you don't have the training for this. Now you're in charge. I know you're not ready for this. Now you're in charge. I know you haven't prepared for this. You didn't see this coming, but this is where we're at. And you're going to do something that the greatest leader you've ever seen in the world couldn't do. You're going to lead the entire nation of Israel across the Jordan River and into the promised land. Go get him, kid. So Joshua would say the same things that we're saying. A month ago, everything made sense right now everything's out of order. Everything's upside down. Just chaos, just chaos. And so we started talking about what did God say to Joshua last week? Because he'd be saying the same thing to us, right? And he said, Joshua, I know things are upside down. I know things don't make sense. I know you don't know how this is all going to turn out, but you can walk into this with your head held high and your shoulders pushed back. You can walk through this with courage and strength and confidence because I'm going with you. And we talked about how that applies to every single one of us. None of what you're going through right now surprises God. And God would say to you right now, I'm going with you every single step of the way. What you're up against at work doesn't shock me. I'm going with you. We're going to get through it. What you're dealing with 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 the kids and with school and with sports and the plans you had and that thing you were going to do that now you don't know if you can. None of it surprises me. I'm going with you every single step of the way. You can walk through this with strength and courage and confidence. 
confidence in the chaos, right? That's what he said last week. Well, this week, we're going to take it a step further because he also says to Joshua, not only can you be confident because I'm going with you, he says, but I'm going to help you get there quicker. I'm going to help you understand what your part in this whole equation is, because if you play your part and you do your part and let me be God and do my part, you're going to get to that point where you're actually experiencing the strength and the courage and the confidence, not just talking about it, not just knowing it's possible because I'm walking with you, but I want to help you actually get there and experience that strength and courage and confidence. And that's exactly what we want today. So let's see what God told Joshua, if you have a Bible, wherever you're at, flip to Joshua chapter one. We're going to look at three verses, seven through nine. And I want you to notice the structure of these three verses of this conversation that God has with Joshua, because what happens is, is he says, here's, here's the promise. Here's the part you play. And if you do that, he says, then let me reiterate it. You're going to get the promise. Now, every single one of us, we understand that how that works in real life, because we've either had someone say it to us or we have kids now and we say it and it goes like this. I told you I'd take you to the mall and buy you some shoes. When you clean your room, I'm going to take you to the mall and buy you some shoes, right? I promised I'd take you to the mall. Here's your part. Clean your room. And then what's going to happen? Then I'm going to take you to the mall and get you some shoes. So the promise, your part, let me reiterate the promise. That's how we talk. That's how God's talking to Joshua. Watch this. Verse 7. Here's the promise. Be strong and very courageous. It says, Joshua, you're not going to be kind of courageous. You're not going to be a little courageous. You're not going to hope to be courageous. You're going, I'm giving you a promise. You can walk through this chaos and you can be strong and extremely, very courageous. That's the promise. He says, let me tell you your part. Let me help you get there quicker. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. He's talking about the word of God. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. He says, talk about it. Don't just get in it. Don't just let it keep you from going too far this way or too far this way. Get in the word. Keep it on your lips. Be talking about what it is with other people. Meditate on it day and night. Spend some time going, man, what is God saying? And what does that mean for me? And what does that mean I should do? What is God saying? What does that mean for me? And what should I do? And you know what? When I, when I go through that mentally, I'm going to talk to somebody about it. Keep it on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then let me reiterate the promise, Joshua. I'm telling you, didn't I already tell you? Haven't I already commanded you? You could be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Notice that structure. You're going to be strong and courageous, very strong, very courageous. I want you to get in my word, talk about it, meditate on it, think about it. Ask yourself, what's God saying to me? What does that mean for me? What should I be doing? And he says, if you do, you're going to be successful. You're going to be prosperous. You're going to be strong. You're going to be courageous. You're going to be confident. You can walk through the chaos with confidence when my word is a consistent part of your life. And I started asking myself, why was that so important? 
that that had to be part of the conversation between God and Joshua. And then it hit me this week as I was studying this. Listen, God wants him to do what? He wants him to be able to walk through chaos confidently, right? Well, here's what he knows. And here's what every single one of us knows. We can't walk through anything confidently if we're walking in the dark, can we? You can't walk through anything confidently as long as you're walking in the dark. My wife and I, we have um, what our counselor calls a point of conflict. It's my shoes. <clears throat> I have a shoe problem, okay? She doesn't really care so much that I buy a lot of shoes. What she cares about is that I leave them everywhere. That's what she, she doesn't like me leaving my shoes out, right? And some, please, some man in some living room, back me up on this. It makes perfect sense that I would leave my shoes where I took them off because I'm going to need them again at some point, And now I know where I left them. I mean, doesn't that make sense to somebody? Not to my wife. My wife does not want my shoes left where I took them off. She does with all my stuff. She does what she calls put stuff away which is code for she takes all my stuff, hides it around the house and puts it in places. I'll never find it again. That's what happens. Okay. Well, the other night I'm in bed. She's brushing her teeth. I may have left a fairly chunky pair of shoes next to the end of the bed. She brushes her teeth. She shuts off the lights. She starts to walk from the bathroom to the bed. Well, it's pitch dark because I like to sleep like a vampire. So she's now walking and I hear her trip over my shoes and kick the side of the bed. And I know it shouldn't be funny. I couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, what'd you do, Richard? <laughs> and she did not think that was funny. She's like, I kicked the bed. And I go, well, why'd you do that? She goes, Sean, I tripped over your shoes. You know exactly why I did that. And I said something that honestly I should not have said. I was, you know, I should have been like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, well, I hope you didn't crease them. Let's just say that was the end of all of our communication for the rest of the night. You know what I'm saying? It did not turn out well for me. But about an hour later, I'm still awake and I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. So I get up and I'm trying to walk from the bed now to the bathroom and it's pitch dark. And usually I still kind of beeline through it. I couldn't. Cause I know there's some stuff out there and I don't know exactly where I left those shoes. So now I'm walking like this. Actually, I was, actually I was walking like this. Oh my gosh. I waited too long. Oh my gosh. Where's the pair of shoes? I can't. Why? Cause you can't walk anywhere confidently in the dark. Can you? And God says, Joshua, I want you to walk confidently through this. So you got to turn on the lights. He says, Red Rocks Church, I want you to walk confidently through this. You got to turn on the lights. Listen to this. This verse is the game changer. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Let's do that again. Now you know it's coming in every house like you mean it. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. God says, if you'll get into my word, I will light up your path. And what you feel like is you feel you're walking in the dark. You get in my word. I'll light up your path. You'll know where to step next. And you can walk through chaos with confidence. But you can't go there in the dark. You need my word. You need the light so that you can go in confidence. Now, 
if you grew up in church or you've been around church for a while, even if you haven't, you may have heard somebody say, you know, I understand you're looking for answers and I understand you're really struggling. You know, you ought to spend some time in the word. You ever want to punch somebody who says that? You ever think, oh, that sounds real cool to church people and it sounds like a nice thing to say at a church service, but like what in the world am I supposed to do with that on a Monday? Right? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, if I should marry Janet. I never saw the Mary Janet verse, so you tell me. I'm trying to figure out if I should break up with Rick, and I never seen the break up with Rick verse. I'm trying to figure out. This one makes sense for a lot of us right now. I'm trying to figure out if I should pull everything out of my 401k and run for the hills, or if I should let it ride and hope it rebounds, but I haven't seen the 401k verse. It's real, right, church? It's real. I wonder if Joshua was thinking the same thing. I mean, is it possible that Joshua's like, hey, you just put me in charge of something that's absolutely impossible. And, I, and, and the part of the Bible that they had to go off of, I wonder if Joshua was like, I haven't read, here's how to lead a nation of people through a flooded river verse. Like, what are you talking about? Your word is a light and it helps me make decisions and it lights up my steps and I can walk confidently because I never read the verse that goes with my problem. Come on, you thought that, that can't just be me, right? Here's what you need to know. God says that his ways, as far as the earth is from heaven, which is a distance we can't quite comprehend. As far as the earth is from the heavens, he says, my ways are higher than your ways, which means he's going to do things that we don't get to understand. Like I could put a ant on my laptop and be like, hey, can you manage my storage? I want to get some more pictures on there and I'm, uh, I'm out of storage. Can't happen, right? Because it can't begin to comprehend the things I can understand. Or let's be honest, somebody on our tech team can understand. God says, there's things that I do that you just won't be able to understand. So church, there's something that we need to wrap our minds around. If God says it, it's true, even when we don't understand how it works. Let me say that again, because man, this is a game changer. You start to wrap your mind around this. If God says it, then it's true even if I don't understand how it works. If God says, you get in my word and I'm gonna light up your steps, then he means what he says, it's truth, even when we don't understand how it works. If you were tuning in, either in person, I think it was our last service before the buildings got shut down, either in person or online a few weeks ago, you might remember I sat in a chair on stage and I talked about a day. It was a Monday and I didn't want to read the Bible. And I had been struggling that that day, actually a few days with depression in a way that I just hadn't for a little bit. And the truth is what I wanted to do is I wanted to sit on the couch and be depressed. I don't want to read the Bible. My problem was I was about to preach on the importance of the Bible. Felt like a pretty huge hypocrite not to at least pick it up that day. You know what I mean? Sometimes I think maybe that's why God called me to be a pastor. It's like built in accountability. I can't get away from. He wants to keep me close. I don't know. But I sat down that day and did not want to read the Bible and did not expect to hear anything from God. And what I wanted to do is sit on the couch and be depressed. And I read a chapter in Mark. You'd have to go back to the sermon if, if you want to get the details. But I read a chapter in Mark and what I felt like God was saying was, number one, I'm working when you can't see it. So you do have a reason to praise God today. You do have a reason to worship me today. I'm working when you can't see it. And I felt like he said, don't struggle in isolation. 
Go to your MMA workout that you were gonna do and tell some of your friends that you're struggling with depression today and ask them to pray, ask them to battle with you. Don't struggle in isolation. And so I got off the couch and I turned on some worship music one song, that's all I had in me, and I praised God for one song, and then I went to our MMA workout, and I told two of my friends I was struggling and asked them to pray, and I'm telling you, that one chapter changed my whole day, and listen, there's no verse in there about being depressed on the couch. There's no verse in there about going to MMA. There's no verse in there that says, call Ronnie and BZ and tell them you're struggling today. No verse in there, but the God who created the universe, who created me, who created communication said, I'm going to speak to you through my word. And it is the truth. And even though I don't understand it, it happened. And he spoke to me, He put a light on my path and I knew exactly what I needed to do. And it changed my whole day. Now, side note real quick. There's a term worldwide right now that none of us had probably said a month ago, which is social distancing. And I just want to say this, church, and, and look, I know anxiety and depression firsthand, okay? If you are struggling right now with fear, worry, anxiety, and depression, don't you dare let social distancing keep you uh, uh, in, in a place where you struggle in isolation. Let me say that again, church. There's nothing heroic about dealing with anxiety and depression on your own. If you're struggling right now, don't you dare let social distancing cause you to struggle in isolation. Pick up your phone, call somebody, text a believer, call a believer, do what you got to do. Have somebody begin to stand in, in prayer with you, in faith with you, send you some verses, do some battling with you. Do not let social distancing cause you to struggle in isolation. Side note. So a few weeks ago, a, a Monday, one verse or one chapter, excuse me, changed my day. About 16 years ago, one verse changed the course of my whole life. I'm telling you, church is real. Does it happen every day? No. Does it happen? Yeah. Me and Jill had this like, this thing in our heart that we couldn't get rid of. We just felt like God was calling us to be a part of a church plant in Denver, Colorado with some friends. Well, we couldn't get it out of our heart but we had no answers. And I have no experience. I mean, I was, when I was 23, I was a suicidal coke addict living in LA. I, I don't have biblical training. I don't have theology training. I didn't even grow up in church. I didn't even know all the stories. Yet I couldn't get it out of my heart. I think God's calling me to start a church and it's so crazy and it's so chaotic and it doesn't make sense. And so I was like, okay, I know what I think God said to me. I'm going to see what some people say to me. Sometimes you got to pay attention to who you listen to, church. I called two people I would consider to be mentors. I called one person I would consider to be, not I would consider, is a pastor. The first person I asked, I said, hey, look, I think, I think God's put it on my heart to start a church. What do you think? Without, I mean, I'm telling you without hesitation, that person looked back to me and goes, uh-uh, no, don't you do that. Listen, if you want to be a pastor someday, which if you want to be a pastor someday, you want to take over a church because it comes with a building and people and money and a paycheck. Don't you dare go start a church because you have none of those things. You don't want to put your family through that kind of suffering. Don't do it. And I was just like, okay, good talk. Good talk. And so now I'm like, now I really don't know what to do. I'm like, I know what I'll do. I'm gonna call 
So I called him up. I was like, hey man, you're, you're one of the guys I like most respect. And I can't get this thing out of my heart. I think I'm supposed to start a church. And he's like, well, where are you gonna go? I'm like, Denver, Colorado. And he goes, why? Don't they have churches there? And I was like, well, <clears throat> yeah, statistically, not, not as many as almost everywhere else in the country, but, but he's like, but they have churches there. And I'm like, well, yeah, I think there's some churches there. And he goes, what are you gonna do that all the churches there aren't doing? And I was kind of like, haven't been to any of the churches and so I don't know what they do and I definitely don't know what I'd do different <laughs> okay good talk thanks couldn't get it out of my heart couldn't get it out of my heart finally one day I'm like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna get crazy I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast I'm gonna fast for three days and I'm just gonna pray instead of eating every meal and then I'm gonna go to this one pastor and I'm gonna tell him my plan and I'm gonna let him speak to me and I fasted for three days and I got all fired up and I journaled about it every day and I'm just going crazy and I remember one in one of my journal entries was like I just played video games with Chad real bad headaches after not eating but like I was totally like God I'm all yours and I go tell him I go hey I think I really want to start a church what do you think and without blinking he goes what are you gonna teach him I said, I'm sorry? He goes, fires need logs, can't last on kindling alone. What are you gonna teach a church? You wanna talk about heartbroken. I remember going to the sanctuary of our church and just crying, just being like, Lord, I guess, I guess who am I kidding? You know what I mean? And I pulled out this list. I made a pros and cons list. To, about moving to Denver to be a part of a church startup. And the, the, the pros list was real short. It said, it might work, question mark. <laughs> that was it, that's all I got. And the cons list was <sighs> I have to quit my job. Jill will have to quit her job. We'll both lose our insurance. How are we gonna have a baby? My wife's pregnant, we're not gonna have health insurance. We have no money to move to Denver. We don't have a place to live. We have no family. We don't know anybody to even help us start a church. We hadn't even partnered up with the Brugmans yet. Like we didn't even know. Like the, the, the cons list was gigantic. I sit down to read the Bible one day and I'm just in this defeated stage of life where nothing makes sense and everything that I thought could work out, that I thought could be cool, that I thought had potential, gone, all of them. Kind of how a bunch of us feel right now. And I read Matthew chapter six that day, and I don't remember why. I don't remember if I was going in order. I don't know. In the very last part of the chapter, there's a section, and in my Bible, it's titled, Do Not Worry. And God starts talking about birds and flowers. And it's like, what? Why are you worried about what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat and what you're going to live and how you're going to make it? Like, if I take care of the birds and if I can take care of the flowers, like, you don't even have to worry about me taking care of you because I'm, you're so valuable to me. Like tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Let's just focus on today. And, and I read this whole thing, but one verse just jumped off the page at me. And it was this, Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. Excuse me. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And it was like God just started dropping thoughts into my, 
into my mind and into my heart. And I like, like I could, I could almost, I felt it was nothing audible, but I just felt like I could hear him speaking to me. And he's like, Sean, if I called you, I got you. You're so valuable to me, son. My, my son, Jesus Christ, died for you. That's how valuable you are. I gave everything for you. That's how valuable you are. If I called you, walk in that calling because I got you. And I was like, yeah, but the, the pros and cons list doesn't look good. And what everybody's saying doesn't look good. And, and Satan like was pouring gas on a fire of thoughts in my mind. Like, who are you kidding? Look at your past. Who are you kidding? Look at your lack of experience. Look at your lack of education. Who are you kidding? Nobody believes in you. I came running out of my office. You can ask my wife. I was like, babe, babe, the birds and the flowers. She's like, what? Listen, if God called us to go to Denver, God's going to take care of us. Let's go to Denver. <laughs> One verse. One verse, church. Changed the whole direction of our lives. It's the only reason I get to do church with you today. Because God spoke to me one day through one verse. And understand this, that verse said nothing about church planting. That verse said nothing about a pros and cons list. That verse said nothing about the city of Denver. But God, who created communication, said, I'll speak to you through my word. And because he said it, it's true, even when I don't understand it. And I took him up on it that day. And it happened to be one of those times when he put a light right over my foot. And I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but I knew what the next step was. I'm going to put the house for sale. We're going to Denver. One verse. I'm telling you, church, that's what God wants for your life. You need to go get your own story. Go get you a story like that. You want to have those stories. My son told me the other day we're riding in a car. He goes, Dad, isn't it crazy? They're like we're living through a time right now that people in the future are going to read about in history books. Listen, you know what this could this time could be for you? when everything seems to be falling apart, when work doesn't look like it was, when your future plans don't look like they did, when your savings doesn't look like it did. You know what this could be for you? This could be that time in your life when you go, I took advantage of being locked down at home and I started seeking the Lord and he spoke to me about my life. And in a time I had in his word, he said something to me and it changed the course of my life. And look at my story. The rest of the world, we were all suffering, but God was on the move and did some gigantic things in my life. And look what happened because of it. Church, that's what he wants. He wants you to be able to walk through these crazy, chaotic times with your head held high and your shoulders pushed back. You don't have to just one day at a time, one step at a time, one day in the word at a time. That's my challenge for you this week, church. One day in the word at a time. I'm going to let him speak. I'm going to let him light my path and I'm going to walk through this chaos with some confidence. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen in a living room somewhere. On our app, as you know, we got this one-year reading plan. Here's my challenge for one week. And listen, a bunch of you, you've never had more time to do this in your entire life than right now for one week. Get on that app. It'll take you about 10 minutes to do that reading. I want you to ask, what's God saying to me? What's it mean for me? What should I do? And I want you to tell somebody about it. 
I mean, you wanna talk about changing the dinner conversation. You wanna talk about changing the dynamics of some of our families. But if you, if you live by yourself, then text somebody, call somebody. Here's what I got today. Here's what I'm thinking he's saying. Here's what I'm thinking it means. Would you pray for me? Let's hold each other accountable. Let's go. And then church, we stop talking about being a church. We don't play church. We are the church. And we walk through chaos with confidence in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that you're with us right now in every single location around the globe. I thank you that none of what we're going through surprises you. I thank you that you have called us, that every single one of us, you have a purpose and a plan and a calling on our life, even if we don't know what it is right now. And I thank you that you're with us and I thank you that you speak. And so God, I pray that you would just begin right now to take some weight off of some people's shoulders knowing that you're in charge, that you're the God of the universe, that none of this surprises you, that we still have a purpose, that we still have a calling, that you still have a plan. And I pray, God, you would excite some of us about getting into your word this week, letting you speak, starting to walk in our calling, start to walk through chaos with some confidence. And everybody said, amen, amen. Listen, let me ask two questions. You can have your eyes closed, you can have your eyes open, you can be, whatever, let me ask two questions. We're gonna respond today. And if you're in a group of people right now, if you're with your family, let them know about these responses and then pray together afterwards. The first response is this, you're already a Christian, but you just know, like you know that you know, the chaos is starting to get to you. It's starting to get to your soul. Maybe you're trying to hide it from everybody, maybe you're not, but the chaos of life is starting to get to you right now. And you just say, God, I need your strength and your courage and your confidence today. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you're at. I'm just gonna pray for you. If you're watching online, there's a raise hand button. If you're in a living room and you're not watching and you don't have a platform to click that button, just raise your hand where you're at. Tell somebody in your family what's up afterwards. We're gonna pray together. Listen, the second question is this, and this is huge. You guys need to know, I know a bunch of you are tuning in for the first time. You need to know this. Jesus Christ died on a cross to pay the price for your sins. And, and if you want to today, you can ask him to forgive you of those sins and he'll become the Lord of your life. His spirit will begin to live inside of you. You'll be able to go through things you never thought you could get through, but the end result is you get heaven forever. And I believe there's some of you out there right now and you know this is my moment. I need to make that decision. That's why I tuned in. I didn't even know it. I need to, to right now, I need to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I want his spirit to live inside of me. I almost screwed this thing up and I'm not gonna be perfect, but to the best of my ability, I just, I wanna pivot and I wanna follow him. If that's you right now, raise your hand where you're at. Raise your hand, praise God. I believe hands are going up literally around the world. If you're watching online, hit that, click that raise hand button. Oh, come on church, we're responding. God is on the move. I believe Jesus is being preached to more people around the globe this weekend than in our world history. That's what I'm praying for. That through the technology that we have right now, more people are hearing about Jesus right now than ever have on a weekend. I just believe it in Jesus' name. I wanna make responding to what God's doing extremely simple today, church. We're gonna sing a couple worship songs here in a second. But I wanna make responding to God extremely simple today. We're gonna to be the church, like I said at the beginning. Some of you just gave your life to God. Some of you are gonna to want to continue or begin giving through the local church to be a part of the solution right now. 
and some of you just simply have a prayer request. I want you to know that you can do all three. All you have to do is one simple text. You text Red Rocks to the number on your screen. You just gave your life to God. Text Red Rocks to the number on your screen. We're gonna give you some free resources. We're gonna get you a 30-day devotional. We're gonna help you begin this new relationship with Jesus. Just text Red Rocks to the number on the screen and we're gonna begin walking with you. Now, church family, I know a bunch of you, we, we take up our tithes and offerings usually in our buildings and we're not doing that now. And so I wanna make giving for you extremely easy right now. Excuse me, I wanna share something with you. This is so cool. If this is your church, I wanna challenge you to continue asking God, what would you have me do financially right now, God? Because church, we're making a difference. We're not talking about being the church. We are the church and we are on the move. I could share stuff with you for a long time. I'm just gonna give you four highlights of what your giving is doing right now. We just started partnering with Children's Hospital in a brand new way because what we know is there's gonna be children all around the Denver metro area that have um, compromised immune systems that will be, that will be um, just vulnerable in this time to this virus. And Children's Hospital already knows we're gonna have an influx of children with compromised immune systems and we wanna be able to take care of all of them and we need more supplies and we need some financial help. And so we immediately said, count us in. We're not gonna talk about being the church. We're gonna be the church. Here's some money, let's go. If you're giving, that's one of the things you're giving to right now. You're also supporting something called Jeffco Eats right now. What we learned is, is right here in Jefferson County, thousands of underprivileged kids count on public school system for their meals during the day. And without the public school system, they don't have meals during the day at all. And we said, uh-uh, not on our watch, we're in. And so we started sending them money and we're starting to take care of some of these kids. And that's what you're giving to today. We're taking care of some kids that wouldn't have food during the day without it. This is really sweet. We're starting to partner with UC Health. We're partnering with the doctors and the nurses that are literally on the front line battling this virus. And they flat out said, BZ had a conversation with them. They flat out said, we need help. We're asking our doctors and nurses to work crazy hours. They need help. They need childcare. They need food. We need supplies. And then they said, we're already, we're, we're looking at an issue that we're going to have and we don't know what to do because we don't have any budget for it. When our doctors and nurses, because they're taking care of so many people with the virus, if they start to show symptoms, where do they go? They can't go home because then they'll, put their entire family at risk. They said, we need hotel rooms so they can go to a hotel room for 14 days and self-quarantine so they can find out if they have it or if they can get back in the fight, but we don't have a budget for it. And we said, we do, let's go. And so you're a part of that right now, literally helping doctors and nurses on the front line. And the fourth thing is just yesterday, we wrote another check to a local food bank here in our town. Church, we are on the move. We are being the church. If this is your church, I wanna challenge you. Stay generous, let's go, because we're not stopping. And lastly, if you need prayer, we have a prayer army right now ready to pray for you. So if you just gave your life to God, if you wanna give, or if you need prayer, text Red Rocks to the number on your screen, we're gonna get you hooked up with all three. It's very simple, very safe, and I'm telling you, we have an army of people who can't wait to pray for you and your family and your situation by name. Church, we're gonna be the church. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna worship. God, I thank you so much for this amazing technology that allows us to be the church from all these different locations. 
I thank you that your presence is with us right now in a real and authentic way. God, as we respond to what you're doing in our lives, I pray there would be a sense of freedom, there would be a sense of peace, there would be this brand new sensation, this sense of, it's not on me to figure this out. My God called me, so my God's got me, so yes, I can walk through this situation with confidence. That's what we're praying for, that's what we're believing for, God. Confidence in the chaos, in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. In every living room around the world, would you get up on your feet and let's worship together. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us this weekend at Red Rocks Church Online. We hope that this message from our pastor, Sean Johnson, encouraged your heart and it builds your faith for the week that you have ahead. I know that many of you gave your life to Christ for the very first time. And on behalf of our church family, I just wanna say welcome home. It's one of the greatest decisions that you will ever make, but we wanna help walk with you during this time. So if you would, make sure that you send a text message, text the word Red Rocks to 25827. We wanna make sure that we get an opportunity to send you a devotional It's going to help walk you through some of the questions that you might have over the next few days, weeks, and months. Also, for those of you that want to partner with us financially, or maybe you just need some prayer right now, you can also text the word Red Rocks to 25827. We would love an opportunity to pray with you, walk with you during these times. Guys, we love you so much. We always enjoy the opportunity to get together, even though we can't be in the same room. Enjoy this week. Lean into the fact that you are the church. Let's make a difference and let's make these our finest hours. We love you guys so much. The best is yet to come.